Hello! Welcome to Tay 2 z where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Bigger Than the Whole Sky, from Midnight's 3am edition. And we're sticking to some 3am edition stuff, people. Today, we are discussing the song Dear Reader, from Midnight's 3am wow, edition. Wow, what a run. Yeah, and we got a couple more coming. Mm-hmm. Down the pike, if you will. Dear Reader is the 20th and final track on Midnight's 3AM edition. Midnight's was released on October 21st, 2022, and the 3AM edition was released at, you guessed it, 3AM on October 21st. This song was co-written by our guy, Jack Antonoff. Our guy. This song has not been played live yet, but maybe it will be played on the Eras Tour. Hmm, we'll see. TBD. I don't TBD. know. This seems like one that may or may not be played. Kind of like Bigger Than the Whole Sky. Not. Yeah. Well, in for different reasons. For different reasons. She's got a whole lot of songs to play. She's got she has two hundred and seven of them now. Yeah. When you think about ballads in the set, a ten minute song takes up a lot of a that lot time. of time. <laughs> it, uh, it does. <laughs> Ten ten minutes is it's, it's a long like, time. Like in a five concert. other songs. No, ten minutes is like three other songs potentially. Yeah. So Devin, mm-hmm. what do you think about Dear Reader? This song is a vibe. I'm gonna call it an easy listening vibe. Okay. Okay. I think that I've said this about a couple of her songs before about when like being in the background as you're like cleaning or like. <laughs> You know, doing doing other stuff. Okay. You know, right. it's like a very like chill chill vibe, or like it would be on at like the dentist's office oh, or whatever. That's kind of an insult, I, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like things that ca- calming music, even yeah, though okay. the lyrics aren't very calming. Yeah. It's like the opposite. I honestly haven't listened to this one too much. It's the twentieth song on, on the whole album, and there are others that I like a lot more than mm. this one. Mm. Devin's one of those people, once he knows which his favorite songs are on the album, he listens to those nonstop. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of just, like, listen ad nauseum, and Gab kind of hates it. (laughs) Well, like, he'll do that. He'll listen to, like, Question a million times. And then I'll be like, no, I have to give equal playing field to all the songs, even the ones that are not my favorites, because what if they become my favorites? Sure. No, that's absolutely true. That's (laughs) absolutely fair. I mean, Labyrinth, like, you know, wasn't originally uh, one that we were into, and now I'm, like, really into Mm -hmm. it. This song has such a great groove, and the production of it is, like, so good. There's so many cool things happening in this. I think it's really interesting that she chose this song to be the final one Mm -hmm. on this extended edition album. I love the ambiance of the intro. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of, like, really interesting little things that they put in there. It's a long intro, too. Yeah. And and I want to know, like, where all of those different sounds, if they just were things that Jack and her were, like, cool. Yeah, you know, Jack always like, has all his different sounds, his practical sounds, like that actually come mm-hmm. from real things. Yeah, yeah, and after listening to his Bleachers albums, he has like all of those really weird intros to the songs, you know, like spoken word yeah. or like, you know, just random things. And then you get the very first line of this song that's, Dear reader, if it feels like a trap, you're already in one mm-hmm. and you're like, what is this song going to mm-hmm. be? You know, like the first time we heard this, I was like, huh? This is a lot of very, like, deep, like, intense uh, advice that she is giving here. Mm. I'm like, what on earth is this one about? And then I I really felt 
the connection to her signing the agreement with Big Machine Records. Mm. Dear reader of the contract. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You need to be careful, basically, Mm -hmm. is what I'm feeling this song as. And, you know, if you feel like you're in a trap, you're already in one, you know, and don't take advice from someone who's falling apart. Mm. Like, I honestly have no idea where Scott Borchetta was in that time, you know, when he first started with her. He had just left, like, uh, big label DreamWorks and was, like, starting his own smaller label, and she's the first that he signed. So he was, like, at the start of He was, like, at the very start. he was not falling apart. No, no. But I think that that... Also, it, well, I'll get to that with relate. I just, I just really feel like it's her saying to her younger self behind her shoulder, like, careful, mm-hmm. you I know? Feel yeah. And so I immediately just thought of the signing of contracts and maybe re-signings of contracts and like just making sure that you are doing your your homework and your research and you're not taking things that have face value. Mm-hmm. And the bridge. Of this one, so good. Yeah. Too quick for me. I'm like, oh, I wanted it to keep going. Mm. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I love, like, the whole outro. It's just, like, so long and, like, really, really, there's so much ambiance there. I also love the return of that weird effect on her voice mm. at the end. That's also in the in the Midnight Rain yeah. and in Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, w- they just decided this was, like, something they really wanted to do on this album. I know. I'd love to hear them talk about that, for sure. <laughs> like, Jack was, like, playing one day, and they're like, this is so cool. Yeah, it really threw me off the first time I heard the album. So weird. You're <laughs> like, who is that? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's Taylor. Weird. <laughs> yeah, so I just don't really gravitate towards this one. I respect it, and I respect what she's saying with it. Uh, yeah. Gab, what do you think about Dear Reader? I like Dear Reader as the final song on Midnight's 3AM edition. It feels very full circle in the way that it's reflecting and imparting wisdom, especially, you know, as her 10th original studio album slash 12th album. Yeah. I really like the, like, slow drum beat kind of as the back of the song. I like that rhythm. I like the two different ways that she, or like uh, pitches that she says falling apart in going from like very low, like never take advice from someone who's falling apart and then she goes like really high. I think it's cool. I like just like the contrast there. Yeah. I really like the bridge and I like how it speeds up there and like the different sound effects in it. Um, I just think it's a strong bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just love how quickly she sings to a house, not a home, all alone, because nobody's there. Yeah, like, yeah, I love yeah, yeah. that. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the bridge to King of My Heart. Yes. Um, and the way she, like, kind of sings that in that fast yep. rhythm. Our Patreon listeners who have heard our bridge episode will know I love the bridge to uh, King of My Heart. Actually, so good. all our listeners will know that because we covered that song. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great bridge. Great bridge. Yeah. So I like this bridge. This bridge made me think about that one. Mm-hmm. I don't really like... The end, the fade out of the song and like all the voice effects there. Mm-hmm. I don't really kind of like get it and it kind of lingers and it's like a really long fade out and I get it. It's the end of the album, but like, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. I like the voice thing in Midnight Rain, but I feel like I also would have liked Midnight Rain just the same without it. Yeah. I'm still adjusting to the voice thing. 
And I'd like them to, like, talk about it a little bit yeah. more, too. I'm very curious about it. Like, why the effect? Why did they feel that way, you know? But it doesn't really bother me. It's just, like, interesting. <laughs> I like a lot of the lyrics of this mm-hmm. song. But overall, I feel like the song isn't the most exciting throughout, which mm-hmm. is kind of like what you were saying, like, going in the background song. <laughs> you know, it is definitely, like, an easy listening vibe. It's interesting, because if you had just asked me outright, I would have guessed that Aaron... This was one of the this songs that Aaron worked yep. on. Because um, it definitely feels very Evermore yes. to me, this song. Like, I think it could have been on Evermore in I some agree. ways. And I love Evermore, but I do also think some of that, like, I, I have a lot of Evermore in my chill-out playlist because it, like, definitely relaxes me. So mm-hmm. I feel like this song could work on that playlist as For well. For sure. Even though the subject matter isn't necessarily relaxing. No. <laughs> no, but, like, the beat is. Yeah. Yeah. Devin, do you relate to uh, this Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. I can relate to the fact of being a child who was incredibly passionate about their craft, mm-hmm. who, in a different world, in a different lifetime, could have gone down a path where I was taken advantage of mm. by, you know, professionals in the industry because of my talent or, like, whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm not... I don't want to, like, toot my own horn and say that, like, I was a prodigy dancer when I was a little kid. But that was the path that I was, that I maybe could have taken, Mm -hmm. right? I decided to take a path where I wanted to be a kid Mm -hmm. and where I wanted to grow up and have, like, a regular childhood and and teenage years Mm -hmm. and college years, right? Yeah. But there was a world in which maybe I could have gone to LaGuardia High School and then to Juilliard Mm -hmm. and done ballet instead of sticking with tap, which is what I really love to do. But along the way... There were people in my life who were trying to make decisions, you know, or give me advice to Mm. make a decision that I didn't necessarily agree with. Mm. And so the dear reader part of this is reading the fine print, doing the research, and luckily having, you know, a support structure with my family to empower me to make the decisions that I wanted instead of that maybe benefited somebody else. Well, and it's also very hard to do that as a child. Exactly. And so, you know, that line, like, don't take advice from someone who's falling apart. In my career, there have been many, for lack of a better word, washed up actors who have tried to give me their Mm, advice mm. who may not have the best advice to give. that's interesting. And, you know, there are people in my life who have tried to give me advice that I don't agree with. Mm. And I didn't want to do it. But that advice maybe would have led me to who knows what. Mm, sliding doors. I, I can relate to her as a young artist who was so passionate, but she ended up going the route of where she is now. Mm. And the professional route instead of the, I'm going to do this for fun, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And it seems like from interviews with her, like, this is what, she's, what she always wanted, you know? Yeah. But she could have gone the route of just doing, you know like stuff in coffee shops and Mm -hmm. settling down with somebody and opening up like uh you know being a music teacher at a high school that's what midnight rain is about yeah yeah which we're not covering we're not today but soon (laughs) soon it's very interesting to me when i listen to this one yeah that's so cool like you hear it so differently than i do Yeah. yeah so gab do you relate to dear reader So I really like the idea of looking back on your life and um, missteps and, like, feeling wiser as you age. Mm. And, like, you have a better understanding on past situations or past conflicts in your life. Mm -hmm. I definitely, like, relate to that feeling. I also really think there's something about 
turning 30 that creates this hindsight and wisdom that's like in a different way. I can't explain it, but mm-hmm. it's like we're now, you know, farther away from our teen years than like ever, you yeah. know, or like our our childhood too. And so just being able to look at things and maybe mistakes you made or how you handled situations and being able to be like, okay, like the advice I give my younger self is this, you know? Right. And so I feel like a lot of this song is that idea, you know? And she's, I think she's imparting different advice based on her experience. Back to herself. Well, you, we're going to talk think? about that in Gossip Gab, mm-hmm. which is soon. So, sorry. <laughs> well, now we get to the segment of Gossip As the title suggests, Dear Reader is an ode to advice columns. Okay. So the song finds Taylor imparting wisdom on the reader, who in this case I believe is both her listeners as well as her younger self. Mm. I think it's really interesting how she's imparting all this advice while also saying never take advice from someone who's falling apart and you should find another guiding light. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, kind of, like, learn from what I've learned, but don't put me on a pedestal. Sure. Like, you know, it's it's almost like she contradicts herself within the same song. Yeah. You know? She's giving advice to the reader. Exactly. But also saying, don't take my word for it. Don't, yeah. don't take any, yeah, any one person's word for it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, I'm gonna, like, talk about what I think about different lyrics, since mm-hmm. the song is so new. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been, like, written about that much, and we haven't heard Taylor speak on it yet. Right. So the line, dear reader, get out your map, pick somewhere and just run, feels very getaway car to Mm, me. mm -hmm. Run away. Dear reader, burn all the files, desert all your past lives, and if you don't recognize yourself, that means you did it right. Interesting. This line feels very, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Mm, Because she's dead mm -hmm. to me. You know, desert all your past lives. If you don't recognize it as yourself, that means you did it right. It also could be kind of what you were talking about with that idea of the midnight rain and how her life could have gone differently. Because mm. she talks about that song and, like, the life that she gave away. Right. And so it's interesting. If you don't recognize yourself, that means you did it right. If her goal was to become who she is, yeah. she did it right. She's not that small town girl anymore. Right. So I feel like it could be that as well. For me, I think a lot of lines of this song feel like they're reflecting on her past learning experiences, but specifically the 2016 Taylor Swift is over party, mm. as well as the selling of her masters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lyric, dear reader, bend when you can, snap when you have to, to me feels like Taylor's reflecting on her master situation and parting from Big Machine Records. Mm-hmm. So when they first parted, it was very amicable when Taylor signed with Universal Music Group. You know, her and Scott Borchetta, like, both, wrote, like, posted really positive things about their time working together and that it was time to move on. And it was all very amicable and nice and okay to the public, you know? Yeah. And then it, she, that's when she bent. And she didn't snap until Scott Borchetta mm. sold Big Machine Records to Scooter Braun, putting her masters in his hands, which is not something she ever wanted. So she bent and accepted that first parting, mm-hmm. understanding that her work was going to live with Big Machine, and that was part of, like, moving on, and she was okay with that, and she snapped at yeah. the second deal when it went to someone who she felt had no in- none of her best interests. Yeah, that's what I thought, that line, too. Yeah, I think that's a great line. Yeah. I also think that that actually is really good advice. Bend when you can. Like, be adaptable when you can, but when you have to... Break it. Yeah, like, you don't Break have to off. be adaptable. Yep. Yeah. And, like, know what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. for you. And then the lyrics... Dear reader, you don't have to answer just because they asked you. Mm. And dear reader, the greatest of luxuries is your secrets. Mm. Um, to me, feels like Taylor's talking about the media and how they always want answers about her private life and how she's learned over time 
that keeping things private and secret helps protect them. Yes. So a lot about her relationship with Joe, the status of her relationship, just kind of like what she does day to day, her family life, all of those things, her friendships. She really kind of protected all of that over the years. So that's like a big piece of advice she's learned and is imparting. Yeah. You know? And that like privacy is a luxury yes. that you may not always be afforded. Yes, the greatest of luxuries is your secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that she has found that out. Yeah. You know, it's like this path that I've gone down has not necessarily been the most private. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and being able to like have privacy in her like status is, is a luxury. Yeah. That we take for granted. Absolutely. Like the world not knowing every yeah. single move we make. Yeah. yeah. Or like literally, like I always know when Taylor's home in New York, I work on the block and I always know because there are paparazzi stationed outside no matter what, like yeah. when she's there. It's like insane. The lyric, dear reader, when you aim at the devil, make sure you don't miss. Um, I'm not fully like certain about what this lyric means, but the way that it's stated in the context of the song Makes me feel like Taylor thinks she did miss in this situation. Mm. So I wonder here if she's talking about 2016 and the back and forth with Kim and Kanye um, and what led to the Taylor Swift is over party. Mm. You know, when you aim at the devil, make sure you don't miss. Mm -hmm. Um, And that maybe she feels like some of her actions, they kind of led into the back and forth and everything that happened. I mean, obviously her actions were part of it. And then there was like that whole, like the whole, I want to be excluded from this narrative, like all of that stuff. So part of me thinks it's that. And then part of me makes me think also, if we're thinking about the masters, that, you know, she aimed at Scooter Braun and she didn't miss. So I feel Mm -hmm. like it could go either way. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting the way she's giving the advice and about like mistakes she's made. It feels like maybe she did miss in that particular situation. And what devil is she talking about? Yeah, there's a few in her life, for sure. For sure. And then in the bridge, the part where it's, if you knew where I was walking, to a house, not a home, all alone because nobody's there, where I pace in my pen and my friends found friends who care. No one sees when you lose when you're playing solitaire. Mm. I think this lyric specifically is about the 1989 times um, leading up to the Taylor Swift is over party and how though Taylor seemed like she was always surrounded by people, she actually felt very alone, lonely. She was going through a lot of her times, as we know, that she shared in the Miss Americana documentary. And the solitaire line kind of feels like Taylor was always trying to win at a game that only she was playing. Mm. And that so that at that time she was trying to be like perfect or like as beautiful as all her model friends or like the coolest happiest person and so it's like no one sees when you lose when you're playing solitaire like i'm the only one playing this game and who is it hurting me yeah it's like no one else really cares she's she is her biggest critic she is her gotcha yeah and that line to a house not a home yeah like, that's not home. I'm all alone. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she talked about, after she won the 1989 Grammys, about, like, not having anyone to thank. Oh, uh, yeah. And not having a partner who'd be excited. She talked about this in Miss Americana and that idea of, like, not having someone who, like, you win something you share that with in that way. And how, like, now Joe is that person. And that was the whole thing that was so exciting about folklore is that you got to thank Joe. Yeah. And that was the first time, you know? So that idea of, like, nobody's there and that feeling, like, a, that emptiness. I just yeah. think it's all captured in the bridge uh, there. Yeah. Um, and I hope now that some of her houses do feel like homes. Yeah. You know? I don't think they all can, but... Yeah. Some of them. Any other lines 
that were in your head that you feel like we should discuss or go over? Well, I'm very interested still in that very first line. If it feels like a trap, you're already in one. I mean, I feel like that's the re-signing of yeah. her contract. Like, she signed that contract when she was so young, 14, 15. And then when she, they were going to re-sign it, to earn her master's back, she would have to mm-hmm. deliver one album to earn each master yeah. back. So six albums. And that's like, that kind of feels like a trap. Like, if it yeah. feels like a trap, you're already in one. I don't know for sure that's the only thing, but that kind of feels like it. Yeah. And you know, and it could also be the 2016 thing with, Kim and Kanye, where they filmed an unauthorized phone call and then broadcast it with editing to destroy her, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It could have a lot of meanings. Yeah, there's a lot in here. Yeah, I'd love to hear all sorts of different people. I feel like she'll talk about it at some point. You know, she'll hopefully do one of those, like, Apple Music interviews with Zane Lowe. Hopefully. I feel uh, like it's, like, too late, but maybe not. She still has another single to release, so maybe not. She does, and we all saw. She has all the promotion. She has all the promotion for her tour that's going to be coming up. It's a sensitive subject. Yeah, (laughs) still a sensitive subject. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is like I think this is a really interesting one and very personal. Yeah, definitely feels very personal. Yeah, excited to hear exactly like her takes on it. Hopefully, we'll hear because we didn't always get that. You know. Yeah, I know. I would love that. Yeah. Okay, Devin, Uh what's your favorite line in Dear Reader? That line, if you don't recognize yourself, that means you did it right. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Like, to find yourself in a place where if you, yeah, where if you look back and you wouldn't think that, like, oh, that's me when Mm -hmm. I'm 31, you know? However, like... (laughs) Like, I, I feel like it is kind of both ways. Like, you did it right, but then also, like, maybe you're not where you thought you were going to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> too, in some aspects. And it's, I was a completely different person in, in yeah. high school compared to who I am now. Yeah. And so I think that that's kind of the point, is that, mm-hmm. like, once you've gone through your experiences and once you've grown up a little bit and whatever, and, like, when you look back, too, and don't really recognize you currently, mm-hmm. I think that means you did it right, too. Yeah, what's interesting is I think it's like that idea that like, we're constantly supposed to be growing and evolving and changing because that's just like, how experiences affect you, you know, and, and maturing from those like Taylor, you can see in all her music how she's matured throughout every album it's incredible and so i think that that's also like with age comes this maturity and this hindsight of understanding where you were and where you've gone it's really interesting because i remember i used to get like offended when people would tell me like oh you've changed or something and like that's not how i feel anymore like i feel very much like yeah like we grow up and that's that's important and good yeah there's like this uh third eye blind song never let you go that Mm. used to be obsessed with the lyric Mm -hmm. you said that i changed well maybe i did but if i changed what's wrong with it and i think that's like a really great yeah lyric and really great way to look at things yeah yeah i like that one how about you what is your favorite lyric so we already talked about mine but i love dear reader bend when you can snap when you have to i just that like immediately on first listen that really stuck out to Mm -hmm. me and especially because like i think one of my like challenges throughout life has been learning how to be more adaptable that Mm -hmm. was definitely not a skill i had i hated change i would avoid change or i wouldn't face it or talk about it and i think that like slowly but surely i've like learned how to bend when i can and only snap when i have to and it's not as often as it might have used to been you know and i think that it's important understanding those differences and when you know you need to like learn how to compromise or adapt to something and yeah so i take it kind of differently than the way she said it but i still think it's a fantastic 
Yeah, there. and it's also the two words are what is it? Onomatopoeia bend is like not nearly as strong and as sharp as snap. Mm. You know, and and so like to use those two words in the sentence to bend when you can snap. When you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's like really... Yeah. The ju- it sounds like, like it. Yeah. yeah that's um, I'm an on I can't say it. <laughs> on Pia. You can believe that. On okay. Also, it's so funny the way that you just isolated those two words. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think... Bend and snap. Yeah, from Legally yeah. Blonde. That's yeah. hysterical. Very... Fantastic Interesting movie. choice of words. I'm sure Taylor has seen many times Legally Blonde, as many of us have. I feel like she'd be a great Paula. Paulette is her Paulette. Name. Yes. She'd be a great Paulette. <laughs> she would be. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's amazing. Okay, Devin. Mm-hmm. From one to ten, burned files. Ooh. From burn all your files. Yes. What do you give, dear reader? It's okay. Be honest. I think I'm going to give dear reader six burned files. And that feels really bad mm. to me because this is a Jack Antonoff and that's song. That's okay. You can't like every single one of his songs. I like I like a vast majority mm-hmm. of his songs. Nines and tens, like, for the most part. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's a good song and it's, again, it's like, I'm, I'm interested to hear why she put it at the end. Mastermind is the real end yeah. to Midnight's, right? Yeah. So it's like, and that is like such a phenomenal final track, yeah, right? Yeah. The track 13. So this one, again, is like the end of the bonus tracks, which is not always, you know, I mean, it wasn't Bye Bye Baby, the last song on Fearless Taylor's version. Yes, you're right. But like, I guess that's kind of like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So I think, uh, I just don't think it's her strongest song on this album by far and it's not even her strongest 3am track i haven't listened to it very often Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give it six that's fair burned files gab from one to ten burned files what do you give dear reader hey we've been on the same page a lot recently i'm also gonna give it six burned files and i mean so i really like the song i like a lot of the lyrics i just don't gravitate to it in the same way and there are so many songs um, on Midnight's that I just like really love. So it's a little lower on the album for me, even though I really like it. But I also think if you think of other bonus tracks that then become end tracks, like It's Time to Go is kind of like a similar wisdom imparting thing mm-hmm. that that song speaks to me in this like really powerful way that mm-hmm. feels a little differently than this one. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like comparing it in that kind of way, for me, it's six burn files. Gotcha. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Tay to Z Podcast and give us all your thoughts. How many burned files do you give, dear reader? Are you a dear reader stan? Yes. Tell us what you think about some of the lyrics that we decoded, some of the ones we didn't. Yeah. We want to hear it all. We love to hear your theories, the way you relate to lyrics. It's always the most enjoyable part about all of this. Absolutely. Remember, you can also find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Yes. And thank you as always to our patrons. You are the absolute best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, next episode, we'll be covering Paris. From Midnight's 3 a.m. edition, which is the next P song. Yes, technically it is the next P song. Yeah, it was going to be next, and it also is from Midnight's. So we are, you know, killing two birds with one stone. Yes, so, and as, I think we've mentioned it before, but we're doing 
two midnight songs in the alphabetical order that we've already passed, then the next in the alphabet. So it yes. just so happens that Paris is the next. And also is a midnight song. And a 3 a.m. song. Yes. Which we've had quite a run of. Yes. Come hang with us. <laughs> I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.